Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages five, three, and two. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, I'm going to start us out with a high five today, and that is that it's probably old news to people who follow me on social media, but we are having a baby in June, and it is a girl. Whoa! Pretty crazy! So I'm still in a little bit of shock that it is actually a girl. It's had another appointment. It's still a girl. So (laughs) it's pretty crazy. We're excited. Oh, it's so fun. She's going to just be loved by so many boys. So cute. Okay, well, my high five, I am super pumped about that. That's a high five for me, too, because it's going to be another little baby that I get to love. Oh, no. oh it's going to be the best. Anyway, and this will be the first time that we're not, oh, I guess your last one, we weren't pregnant together. It felt like, though. If Yeah, I guess it felt like it. I was <laughs> not the, that you were pregnant, but you I were was still, still in the, the baby. newborn stage. Yeah. This will be the first one where you're, like, pregnant and going to have a baby, and I'm just totally out of the stage yep. altogether. Yep. So that's going to be a new experience. We've yes. actually never done that before. I know. Since you've been having babies. Yeah. Uh, It's already been like, there's been several things where Felicia's like, I can't do that. You're doing that? (laughs) I can't. (laughs) It's the only time we've experienced this. Anyway, so my high five is I told you guys at the end of, uh, in December, when we did our fair play episode about dividing household and life responsibilities with our partners like how that went and one of the things me and my husband decided to do was split up who is in charge of romance for a whole month and then the other person is in charge of spirituality for that whole month so romance is instigating and planning romance of all kinds and uh spirituality would be instigating you know like our family prayer scripture study kind of like teaching about god you're kind of in charge of that you can delegate either one mm-hmm. but you're kind of like the executive person over that for the month so this is our first month trying it out and so my high five is i'm in charge of romance this month and it has been so fun oh my mm-hmm. like knowing that i'm in charge kind of i don't know like like i've been able to be way more creative and like i'm having all these ideas and mm-hmm. it's so fun and even knowing date wise like I don't necessarily have to be like, so what do you want to do? Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. I just choose something Mm -hmm. that either I know I would love or I know he would love. And we just do it. Do it. It's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so my favorite of the high five is, first of all, that's really working for us. It's so fun. And I would recommend trying it out if that even sounds like it resonates with you. But uh, my specific high five is I took him to dancing lessons, which wouldn't be something he would choose. This is something that I would choose. <laughs> and But the fun part of it came, it was actually his idea at the end of it. We left the dance lesson and we went to like this place where, I mean, we actually have never done it with each other, but we've like back in high school where you'd go, there's like nobody around and he turned on just some slow music, but it was like dance almost music that like Aww. we used to dance to when we were in high school. <laughs> and he put this song on the hood of the car and we just like danced 
like just slow dancing you know what i mean not so not the dancing cute. we had just learned not ballroom dancing just mm-hmm. like you're at a high school dance and you're dancing and it was so romantic and so fun and we've been married now for like 14 years so we haven't really done that for a long time and anyway so it was like a way fun like i felt like we were teenagers and it was way fun so that is a high five to creative romance yes it's been really fun i really love that that's awesome and i feel like that having that in fair play it makes it or or just having that in your schedule that one person is in charge of it makes it so much uh, so much better because it's easy just to get like I'm sure most of us, me, get in like the, okay, let's go on a date. What do we do? Let's go to dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Which is amazing. Which I don't have to cook I dinner. I love. Yeah. <laughs> don't throw dinner down the yeah. drain. Yes. <laughs> let's still do that. <laughs> Included in the date. But to be more creative and thoughtful about it. Yeah. It's so fun. And it also is really nice because you don't have the resentment of, I feel like I've been carrying this for too long. Like that happens in a lot of couples where just one leads it more for so long and it's yeah. like... Or the other person who's not leading it is like, I just feel like you're always doing stuff and mm-hmm. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But if you know you're taking turns, like I know next month he's going to instigate it and he's going to lead it. And I'm excited to see where he takes it. Yeah. But it makes it kind of, it's really awesome. Yes. I love that. That's my high five and it's been great. That's so fun. Yes. And if you know Jeff, he wouldn't pick the dance class. So it may seem more fun that he extended <laughs> no, the dance class. He wouldn't choose it, but he's such a good sport <laughs> about it. And he that. makes it mean a laugh the whole time. Yeah. He's hysterical. I've been in dance class with him. It's <laughs> yeah, funny. That's true. We took a dance class together last time I was pregnant. So that was a while ago. Yeah. And I was like giant pregnant. So if you can imagine doing ballroom dancing. <laughs> and yeah, he was making us all laugh so oh, hard. That's so funny. It's great. Okay. So we decided we asked for some listener questions on Instagram. And we got so many great ones. I'm talking great. So there's a lot that we decided we could really extend into episodes. So we've saved them um, and have them on the schedule coming up. But we... And just so you guys know, when you guys put questions... I mean, I, we have some awesome questions in our reviews. Mm-hmm. And when you send us to them, send them to us on Instagram... We literally have an entire document that we, we really keep do. <laughs> all of your questions. So none of them go unread or mm-hmm. unlogged. Mm-hmm. Like they're all in there. We obviously can't get to all of them at once, but mm-hmm. thank you for sending them because we really do like treasure them. Yes. And definitely some of them, if we don't specifically say the question, we they get our juices flowing for books and certain topics to go over. So hopefully we're hitting a lot of it. Um, so our first question that we decided to... Um, address today is from Jordan Cook and she says actually she has two questions and we love both of them so we're going to talk about both of them and the first one is I love the idea of the Bluetooth headphone so you know we've talked a lot about this we love our little Bluetooth headset that we can listen to audiobooks and podcasts during the day so she says I love the idea of that but I'm curious where that collides with being present or not where are the lines drawn Um, And we talked a little bit about this last episode, um, but we just kind of touched on it. So we decided we wanted to expound a little bit on our thoughts with um, where the line is on being present when you are also wanting to stimulate your brain. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So uh, one distinction here I want to make is 
uh, multitasking itself, and I've read some really great research about this, that, you know, we've proved, they've proven that like multitasking isn't good, you're not very effective. But that is generally when you're talking about two things that you actually really do need full attention for. Like you Mm -hmm. can't talk to your mom on the phone and also be present while you're getting your child dressed. Mm -hmm. Both of those two things require like more of your attention. Mm -hmm. However, when I'm folding clothes, that thing doesn't require my full attention. Mm -hmm. So I can't have a conversation with my family or I can watch a movie during it. And it's like, I'm not sacrificing the quality of my clothes Mm -hmm. (laughs) for that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you're having one activity that doesn't require that, I think it's totally Mm -hmm. fine. In fact, it's great for me to be doing something else with my mind at the time. Now you may say, but what about being present? What about being mindful? And this is such an important thing because now let's talk about, so that was the distinction between trying to multitask in a bad way and just doing something that doesn't require too much attention and then filling the other space. Now let's talk about the difference between solitude, solitude and just mindfulness. So Mm -hmm. mindfulness is just, we're being present and I can be present, folding my clothes and listening to my audiobook, mm-hmm. let's say. And I'm not sacrificing relationships. I'm just sacrificing the solitude that would come if I were to fold my clothes in silence, right? Mm-hmm. Solitude is your mind without the influence of other minds on it, okay? And we've done a whole episode on solitude. Solitude is crucial to have in our lives. However, for me, the benefit that I get from, I feel like the people, when I listen to good quality audiobooks and good quality podcasts, I feel like it's like rubbing shoulders with people who are making me be better. Mm-hmm. Having It's like this quality conversation, but I'm just not talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. So, Which you miss out a lot on as a mom. Yes. <laughs> as a parent, I totally, yeah, I totally crave that. So for me, it's about finding that balance. So for example, if I'm feeling frazzled and I'm feeling I need a little solitude, if I'm not getting enough solitude in my day, I'm going to be listening less to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. When I get in the car in the morning, every time I actually like want to turn on something, but I can feel it in my mind, I need some quiet. Mm-hmm. So I just drive in silence instead. Yep. So you kind of have to find that balance for yourself, making sure you're getting solitude. You're not just filling every space with an audiobook because that's mm-hmm. going to not be good. Mm-hmm. And also resisting the temptation to leaving it like I don't leave my audio my little hidden audiobook in while I'm off interact yes well Mm -hmm. and while I'm interacting with my kids yeah yeah so if I'm sweeping the floor I totally turn it on and Mm -hmm. it makes sweeping the floor super pleasant for Mm -hmm. me and I feel like I'm being inspired as I'm sweeping but if I am like actually interacting with my kids a ton like getting them dressed reading to them obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I mean mm-hmm. even just listening to like they're telling me the, a story that's lasting like 20 full minutes mm-hmm. even though I could just turn it on mm-hmm. and they probably wouldn't know mm-hmm. I don't because that's not being present in my connecting yeah so yeah. I think you definitely it's important to set boundaries around if I'm interacting with another human I don't do it and if yeah. I'm feeling like I need more solitude I don't do it but it just enhances all the other manual tasks I do all mm-hmm. day long if I can listen to people who inspire me yeah yeah I definitely think it's a self check in because for me I have um more you know like times during the day where it's like okay I'm gonna be doing this thing I know I am because I do it every single day do all the dishes and tidy up at this time I know I'm gonna get to listen to my book which I that's what I do most days but I have had days where it's like you know I go to turn it on and I'm kind of like my brain's kind of like yes and so I don't and then I choose a a moment of solitude but yeah I think just being aware of 
is someone else, is another human needing my connection? Or am I just doing a mindless tasks task, which is a lot of our days, <laughs> sadly. It's a majority. Sadly. Yeah. And it has really changed my, I now don't mind mindless tasks because I'm getting some sort of enjoyment yeah. in that time. I don't mind sweeping the floor. So my kids sweep the floor once a day, but it still requires it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even like a fastidious person, but our kitchen floor oh. with little kids, wow. But yeah, I actually like look forward to sweeping because mm-hmm. of it. And also, I just want to clarify, when I say interacting, even while I'm sweeping the floor, I'm going to have a kid come in and ask right. four times about something. Right. So I'm not saying, oh, a child may want to say something to me, so I'm not going to turn it on. Yeah. The beautiful thing about an earbud is I don't actually have to pull, like when they walk in and say, hey, mommy, where do you know where this is? I don't have to like pull out my phone, push pause, because it's just in my ear. I just yeah. tap my ear, turn yeah. it off and say, can you say that again? I didn't mm-hmm. hear you. Mm-hmm. And then I give them that full attention. I go down to their level. What did you say? Yeah. I give them their interaction and then they go off and free play, which is so good for them mm-hmm. too. And I just turn it back on. Yep. So I I turn it off for like the 30 seconds. Right. Of, I, I'm not saying that when I'm doing folding the clothes, nobody <laughs> ever talks to me. my earbud is on, <laughs> there's a bubble. <laughs> yeah. So you still have to turn it off four yeah. times yeah. during it. Totally. Yep. Okay. And Jordan's second question is um so she's talking about our when we're encouraging you know like life skills in our kids we have an episode on helping kids you know get independent and she says i encourage these things in my kids and my daughter was hitting all of her developmental spots until my son was born new baby trigger and she regressed um to wanting me to be with be present for the bathroom, dressing, etc. I knew this was normal at first, but now he is a year old and it is still happening. We're connecting throughout the day, so I don't think it's misconnection. So I love this question because there are a couple things about it um, that I wanted to address. The first one, and I actually hadn't even thought about this till I just reread it, um, but that is not necessarily applied to this question, but the 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 what is the right word idea that there are developmental things and every kid's going to hit them at the same time I think is dangerous Mm -hmm. so I never noticed that in this question I don't actually know how old her kid how old your kid is um Jordan so I'm not sure how old she is and probably is totally within her development or mental thing and it sounds like she was already going to the bathroom and dressing herself and all of those things but I do think there is sometimes where we get in this caught in this trap of quote everybody else's kid is already potty trained going to the bathroom by themselves getting dressed and we start to feel that pressure and I think there's times where yeah maybe you need to you know talk to your pediatrician or something where maybe they are behind but I think overall kind of letting those expectations go will serve you well. Again, I don't know if this is connected at all, Jordan. She's probably totally within that range. But I remember that with, especially with my first and probably my second thinking, oh, should he be getting himself dressed all by himself now? Like other kids are doing that. and feeling like the stress of like needing to teach him and all the things. (laughs) And once I let it go, it was like, oh, they just magically do it. Weird. That was easy. (laughs) Like, I wish someone would have told me that. You don't have to be like, this is how you put your arm in the hole. 
if you want to, you can. But that was a lot of wasted stress. I could have just not. Oh, it's the magic ever of done the first. That. Yes. Me and Felicia we were just talk about this all the time. <laughs> There's just really no way to figure it out besides going through it. But you learn after your first that you're like, oh, that wasn't even a big deal. Truly. The they, second one just does it. <laughs> you didn't even notice. But it, there's really no way besides experiencing it. Yep. That you exactly. know. Exactly. We put so much. Uh, we just so much pressure. So much pressure on ourselves <laughs> for our first. Yes. But and we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Again, if this is your first or second mm-hmm. or third kid. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But uh, another another thing here that kind of stands out is uh, the second part of her, the last part of her question that we didn't read says, I guess it is. I guess is it even wrong to be present if that's what she's needing? And I, there I just want to kind of clear up, it is never wrong to be present. Being present just simply means you're not being stressed and distracted, that you're actually Mm -hmm. like being where you are. But it doesn't mean have to do, you -hmm. you can be present and still not do everything for her. Or even do what they want. Yeah, or do what they want even, yeah. Yeah. You can still be very present and say, "Eh, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So I would say I love that you're seeing that that's a normal thing to happen when you have a baby. Wow. All Mm -hmm. I think most kids when they're, quote, dethroned, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're just like, I'm going to become a baby myself. And they want to know that you're still there, and so they're totally going to – a lot of times become a little more dependent for a while. But if it's been a year and you're feeling like what really it comes down to is this isn't working for you anymore, mm-hmm. right? If she's requiring you to walk in with the bathroom to the bathroom with her, that's kind of a pain, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if it's not working for you, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, let's just use the bathroom as an example. So like my son, my three-year-old, he's been going to the bathroom by himself now for a while, like doing the whole thing himself. And then like two weeks ago, he was like needing me to help him at mm-hmm. the end this is a parenting podcast right so this we can talk about this <laughs> he, he like want me to help him wipe and I'm like where is this you've never even mm-hmm. wanted help with this mm-hmm. but I did because I was thinking maybe there's something different that he's needing help with and mm-hmm. I did for like a day and he hasn't even asked since right so I love it that you've leaned into the need but if it's still going like if he's still asking me and it's not working for me anymore mm-hmm. I would say I know you want me to but I totally believe you you can do it unless mm-hmm. I actually think there's a problem and he's not doing it right. well or something right but there's nothing wrong with you saying, oh, you want me to go into the bathroom with you just to watch you go to the bathroom. But I'm not going to. Or you can even say, but I don't want to. I'm mm-hmm. going to stay over here with the dishes. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. And just leave it at that. There's yeah. a good chance that she'll be like, oh, okay. And yeah. she'll just go. Yeah. But the thing is, the key here is that you just stay unruffled, right? Mm-hmm. You just stay, you validate what she's wanting. You're mm-hmm. wanting this. But I'm not going to do that. No, thank you. I mm-hmm. always say no, thank you to my kids. And they like laugh at me. They're like, mom, oh my heavens. <laughs> So like, no, thank you. I'm not mm-hmm. going to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here. Mm-hmm. And she might be sad about it. And she might not be. Mm-hmm. But you can just say it in a really casual way. And then, and same thing with like getting dressed. We have quite a bit to say about the getting dressed yes. situation. Yes. Yeah, I think just offering that. So almost, I mean, not like putting it back on her. Like, this is your thing. But like turning it back around over to them. So when she says, I don't know if she's wanting your help getting dressed or if she just wants you to be there. Um, But I would just say something like, it sounds like you want me to help you get dressed or it sounds like you want me to come with you to get dressed. I'm not going to do that right now. You can stay in your pajamas if you'd like or here's your outfit that we picked out last night or you can put these clothes on. And Terlin and I both... um, I don't like, we both don't like to create any like power struggles over 
getting dressed. So I think the key is just really remaining calm through them either not wanting to get dressed or wanting to wanting your help because I don't know I never I there's almost like never where clothes need to be a power struggle Mm -hmm. like maybe like you're going to a wedding or like church or something but all other days of my kids like no I want the green shirt it's like wear the green Mm -hmm. shirt yeah wear the green shirt like I don't even care (laughs) yeah I just choose not to go down that rabbit hole so I'm not sure the exact situation if she wants help getting dressed or if she wants you to just be there but I would just say sounds like you really want me in the room while you get dressed I can't do that right now you can stay in your pajamas or you can get dressed on your own Mm -hmm. because maybe there's a time in the day where you can go in her room with her it's just not right now mm-hmm. to get dressed or whatever the situation. Yeah. Just yeah. offer her as an option mm-hmm. without it being this like power struggle. And I would say particularly be aware of avoiding guilting her into it. Like mm-hmm. you are, again, I don't know her age here, but you are four years old. Mm-hmm. You should be able mm-hmm. to get dressed by yourself. And this is not working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, like making her feel bad. Like there's something wrong with her for mm-hmm. wanting you to help her get dressed. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you just skip all of that and skip it being a fight and and for me, my kids, there's really only a few times a week when they're that age. I mean, when they get older, like my daughters actually care what they're wearing yeah. <laughs> now themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but when they're toddlers, honestly, there's really only a few places a week where I do even care that mm-hmm. they're in a cute outfit. And so, I mean, I would say still 90% of the time they are in cute outfits. But yeah. if it was like a, you know what, I'm going to have a resistance day today. I'm going to assert my independence and say, no, I'm going to... St- I don't care. Mm-hmm. Stay in your, have a jammy day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if it mm-hmm. if it's a situation where that works? And honestly, when I gave them that, when I let go of that control for them, to be honest, they actually rarely chose pajama days. Totally. They normally just get themselves dressed. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, I think I love that you offer it to her, but not in a you're not like emotionally charged about it. Right. You're just like, hey, you want me to help get you dressed, but. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to today, mm-hmm. but here's your options. Mm-hmm. You can stay in your pajamas or you can put on this outfit mm-hmm. and then just let it go. You See know what I mean? Just yep. kind of release the control of it and give her, and she'll feel like you're trusting her to make the decision. And she's, she's also going to feel like she's not being punished for whatever she does mm-hmm. decide, mm-hmm. but you're slowly letting her kind of have her independence. But I just want to applaud you for a second here for just, yeah. First of all, recognizing that she did need you to lean into that mm-hmm. need at first and now that it's been a while, I think it's wise. I love that you recognize this isn't working for me yeah. anymore. I need to help her have some independence here mm-hmm. so you're not doing everything for her still. And so I think I, I love that you're really, I can tell you're really an aware mother and of both your child's needs and your own. So, yep, I agree. Well done. Yep, I agree. All right, I hope that helps. We're going to take a little break and we have one more question after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, our next question is from London. I'm not sure the last name, Van Rokel. Um, Anyway, I love that name, though, London. I love Mm -hmm. it. Her question is, I have a newly two-year-old and an almost four-month-old and just began using an official bedtime routine and actually establishing a range of bedtime, awake time for the baby. Oh, that's always a fun Ooh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Bedtime (laughs) routines, awesome. The range of awake time as it changes so much for babies. That's that's hard for me to keep track of, wait, do we need the evening nap now? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, now we don't. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry. I'm getting, I digress. (laughs) Both my kids are so awesome with their bedtime routines and don't have trouble going down. Let's just take a moment of silence and congratulations for you there. Wow. For a four-month-old and a (laughs) two-year-old not to have any trouble going down. Wow. But my question is, how do you actually physically juggle them if you're doing it alone? What do the other kids, what does the other kid do while you're putting down their sibling until it's their turn i literally thought of you tonight as i was putting my baby down i had my two-year-old watching disney plus to keep her busy and not getting into anything while i was upstairs putting her brother down and i'm not super proud of doing that every night if she joins us in his nursery for his bedtime routine she'll be too noisy likely for him to calm down for sleep and it would take the attention away from him she's just she's getting better but she's really too young to remember to stay quiet And then she goes on to say that this mother is actually going to be doing bedtime alone now for several months because of her husband's job. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just like a one night thing. Mm -hmm. This is going to, you're figuring out something that's really going to work for you for like a longer term, which Mm -hmm. again, I love that you're being aware and really deliberate and intentional about this. It's such a good question. Yeah. And I think, yeah, if it were one or two nights or here on a whim, don't put any guilt on the Disney plus thing, but. I get the feeling. I don't want to do that every night. Yes. If yeah. this is our routine, mm-hmm. we don't want technology to be a part of it. I, I love that you have that Yes, desire. that awareness. Yeah. So <clears throat> Terrilyn and I thought about this a lot, and we have a lot of different suggestions. <laughs> we were coming up. We were just on fire brainstorming. <laughs> so try them all or none. <laughs> but so we, our first thought was to maybe adjust your bedtime up a little bit earlier to ensure that neither of them are overtired and one's not in that, like, just screaming, crashing, like, I have to get them down this very second. Because one, that happens sometimes. one start melting down, then... It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Game over. <laughs> so, <clears throat> in that case, so, perfect world, bedtime's a little bit earlier. We would suggest putting the two-year-old down first. And, you know, doing your bedtime routine in there with the baby. So say that's reading books and, you know, or telling a story, doing your prayers, giving a little snuggle, whatever it is for that two-year-old's bedtime routine. I think having the baby in the room isn't going to distract from that. Currently, and for all, so my three kids are close, about this exact same age gap. And we've always done, with some exceptions, the we're all in the room together, do the story thing, like the full like bedtime thing, all together in the same room, baby's in there, and then we like take whoever needs to go to different places, to different places. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of what we've always mm-hmm. done. 
And that's what I can still remember. And I just want to also say this bedtime routine thing by yourself is no joke. So we feel, yeah. I mean, I remember, especially with my first two, I remember when Jeff would go out of town, I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It would like make me nervous. Yeah. But I can picture many times since then doing bedtime by myself that if if it's working for your baby to do Mm -hmm. that, I think that is probably the easiest way. I can picture so many times I'm reading a book to my older toddler or later when it was like two toddlers mm-hmm. and a baby. And it's really sweet. My, my baby would just lay there yeah. and just be cute mm-hmm. as we're, re- and so I could still totally connect. I wouldn't be holding the baby for this part because, mm-hmm. but like she's just getting quite alert time on mm-hmm. the ground on mm-hmm. a blanket mm-hmm. while I'm connecting with the older ones mm-hmm. through the book and then take the baby. And that's only working if your baby's being calm at this time yes, of night. Yes. Right. Yeah. So if your baby's not calm this time of night, then here's our other suggestions. <laughs> Second suggestion is because we all have those times and babies all have those times in their life where they need that extra time. They're going to bed a little bit early, like when you transition into, you know, skipping that last nap or whatever, where maybe it will work better to put the baby down first. Um, so hopefully this is before you're in that like okay now your toddler's aware that it's like bedtime and they're wanting that extra attention maybe they're a little cranky if you can move it up a little bit earlier do the whole baby's bedtime routine before while the toddler is is just free playing or doing something else in another room so some ways that you can um frame it if you're going to I'm actually going to let Terrilyn share this part because she, she's done this more with her kids. Okay, yeah. We yeah, both yeah. have had different experiences. Yes, yes. So I'll share my experience. <laughs> I'll share my experience and then Felicia will share her experience because both of our toddlers reacted differently mm-hmm. to this. So for me, I like to, if I was going to put the baby down first, my kids, even when they were pretty young, I mean, your baby, your toddler's just barely two. So, I mean, sometime between now and the next six months, they're going to grasp this concept. Mm-hmm. And that is, for me, once I brush my kids' teeth, they know it's bedtime. All all of my kids have been like this. If you give them free time after that, they turn into like little angels. Mm-hmm. They're like quiet. They don't ask me for stuff. Because I think they're just thinking, if I fly under the radar here, she's not going to make me go to bed. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, even my toddler totally grasps this. Like, mm-hmm. he just turns into this like independent play. Like, wait, oh yeah, I'll just play with this book in my room like Mm -hmm. not even exciting stuff just Mm -hmm. so you could frame it even at this age you could say I wouldn't try this first though again because once you go this route she's not going to be happy with you take it back yeah you can't take it back so I mean like I would try laying her down first and the baby but you could try if that isn't working you could say I'm gonna lay the baby down first and you get a few extra minutes of just two-year-old time Mm -hmm. so She's in her pajamas or whatever. Her teeth are brushed and she's in her room and you can give her a book or her favorite animal. It doesn't have to be stimulating stuff. Mm -hmm. This also helps her prepare her mind for bed. And just say, you get a few minutes of two-year-old time and I'm going to be with the baby. The baby doesn't get two-year-old time Mm -hmm. because she's too little. She Mm -hmm. has to go to bed. You know, Mm -hmm. she's so tired or Mm -hmm. whatever and make it kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And... And I want to be able to come in with you and give you snuggle time while we read a book. And to do that, the baby's got to be in her bed, right? Mm -hmm. So then you go, you put your baby down. Your toddler already knows. Your expectation is that she's going to be in her room playing by herself. And then she knows that she can look forward to some really great connecting time with you after. And Mm -hmm. she feels also kind of cool because she's like, whoa, I'm big. I get some toddler time. Totally. Some big kid time. 
And so again, all my kids have responded so well to that. Like, whoa, I get time after bedtime starts. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is pretty cool. And that's worked for all of them. However, depending on your kid's personality, yes, Felicia had a totally opposite experience. So, because mm-hmm. my thought was, I'm not sure how newly to. So, Sunny will be two in March, and he wouldn't even comprehend. He also still sleeps in a crib, and I just go lay him in there. Like the whole like concept of like you get to stay in your room and like do like that's not even a thing. He just will stay. Cause I he's just in the crib. put him in his crib, and then <laughs> so he's still. So I'm not sure how newly to. So I I think this if maybe. Maybe if your kid's a little bit more like on the later twos or maybe they're just more advanced for an early two-year-old and maybe she would be like, oh, yes, like give me my book and let's do this thing. But if that isn't working for you. So for me, when my oldest, Cohen, was so him and Lenny are 22 months apart. So I'm assuming around the same age, there were some there were a few weeks of like, you know, that feeling of like you're leaving me to put the baby down, kind of like the like freak out I want to come in the room crying at the door like full-blown thing so having him stay out made it way worse it became like a power struggle yes yeah Yeah, exactly so for me what worked um was it wasn't even a thing if I walked into the room to lay the baby down he just followed me in I would just say okay just have to be quiet while, while you're in here and once I took that power thing away of like you have to stay out while I lay the baby down he would just be in the room while I you know, sing a little song, do little affirmations or whatever I do, and lay them down. Mm-hmm. I also, it depends on your routine. I, like, did my whole baby's, like, nursing, tub, all of the other bedtime stuff was not in their room. Oh. Like, in their room was, because my baby's never nursed to sleep. It was just, like, walk into the room, little song, little affirmations, lay them down. Mm-hmm. So you didn't, It's, like, two minutes. You didn't feed them in their bedroom. Right. Okay. Right. So that... Could be tricky. I don't know what you do if you're feeding them in their room. That could be hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just like the walk-in. Cone would come in with me, lay him down, walk out, and it totally took away the power struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and another suggestion, gosh, we were on fire, Terlin, <laughs> is you could try including her in this bedtime process. So if she's, for me, no, this would not have worked. Like, Cone was like, let me help you take care of the baby. No, he kind of cared less. But I feel like girls maybe are a little bit different that you have more caring any sort of child. My kids were never really into that baby in that way. But try pulling them into the process. Um, you know, like, can you help me finish up their bedtime routine? You know, maybe helping put in the jammies on and then... Can you hand me some wipes mm-hmm. while I wipe the baby? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And I think you're big enough to sit here and snuggle us while I feed the baby. And so if you are doing that whole routine, maybe you can pull her into it and she would enjoy that and feel like, oh, I'm big and I can help mom. And so I'll, I will be quiet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I, so I did feed my babies in their rooms before bed. And I can think of several times where a toddler would come in just to ask a question or something. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that, I mean, for us, like we have a little like soothing fan on and Mm -hmm. it's dark. So it kind of almost like makes as they walk in, it's like, this is a quiet place, (laughs) you know? Totally. And as you were saying, even the snuggling part, I can think of a few times. It didn't happen often, but I can think of a few times where I was feeding the baby with, with a toddler sitting just mm-hmm. snuggling to the side, and it was actually kind of mm-hmm. sweet. So I think, I mean, ideally, if you can just keep it a calm situation, mm-hmm. 
I would I would I would still prefer them in the other room, but there yes. might be times where yes. they come in mm-hmm. and it's okay that way too. It's, it's kind less of us, ideal, but we reframe what that baby requires <laughs> before mm-hmm. bedtime. And Felicia and I were talking about this too. We also over time you almost learn to let go that it doesn't have to be the ideal bedtime. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if the baby like gets distracted a few times while she's eating or whatever mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. It's still I think it creates resilience in the their ability to fall asleep in different situations. Mm -hmm. Definitely, as my kids have gone on, like they've gotten more resilient with what stimulation will affect them before Mm -hmm. laying down. Yes, so you look at it as a positive. Like she'll just be a lot better going to bed. (laughs) Yeah, but I do have to say, London, we feel you. Like I like want to give you like the little mocking jay, like my Hunger Games, (laughs) Hunger Games, like. Good luck because yeah, bedtime oh, routine bedtime by yourself alone. is it is not for the weak of heart. So it's really not. you're gonna have some nights where it works great, and then you're gonna have other nights where you're like the trains are off the tracks. I feel like I want to cry. Where's and my Tillamook? <laughs> Lock the doors. <laughs> Shut them in. And that's normal too. So just feel we feel you. We've been there, and you're not alone in it. But you're doing great. You're being super intentional, and I'm sure you'll find something that works most of the time for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and you'll still have and give thought. us feedback if you use any of those things yeah. if any yeah. of them work which one worked <laughs> yeah, yeah totally <laughs> all right guys well thanks for your questions they were all amazing let's find the magic <coughs> 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 brown cows <laughs>